What's up, everybody? You are tuned into the Failing Frequency. I am Mike, and uh, we like talking about Star Trek. Or this week, I like talking about Star Trek. And this track we're talking about this week is the run-up to Star Trek Day, which is tomorrow, as of filming. Today, probably a release. And the first two episodes of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4. Tuvix. Tuvix. And... I'm terrible. I forgot it. I have no bones, yet I must flee. And there's time codes to all that below. But before we get started, how are we this week, Ethan? Yeah, it, it's just me going stag. Um, Ethan is up with uh, his partner. Uh, still waiting for the peanut to um, to be born, the little baby. So it's just me this week you've got. Um, I can see if I can get a comment for him to drop in to the video as we uh, as we go. But let's let's all you know shoot good wishes um, to uh, to their way and let's um, let's hope for a you know happy and healthy and easy birth <laughs> um, more than anything else. Um, I'm in a slightly different room today. If you haven't noticed, I've moved my setup from um, my living room and being cramped in there to a now luxury spare bedroom. So you can see a bed behind me, but it's not where the magic happens. Um, not like the magic happens anywhere. <laughs> um, but let's move on to the actual uh, track talk this week and uh, let's kick it off with the news. It is Star Trek Day tomorrow, so the 8th of September. Um, there, there's a couple of announcements ahead of it, and there's a couple of things happening on the day. Uh, the first of which, uh, I'd say, would be in the UK at least. There's a couple of cinemas doing a Captain's Day and showing free Trek movies, free of the best Trek movies, really, from each generation. Um, so that's The Undiscovered Country, which I like more than Rahul Khan. Um, first Contact, which um, I think is undoubtedly the best of the next-gen crew and O9 which I know a lot of people like beyond but O9 is um, my favorite in the in the uh, reboot universe as well so that that's all happening tomorrow back to back I think I'm in there from about 20 past six until gone midnight um, but uh, to get to watch First Contract on the um, big screen and Undiscovered Country on the big screen, they are the, uh, the, it's all worth it, it's all worth it. I might start, you know, phasing in and out when it comes to 09. Um, I do love the movie, probably the last DVD I ever bought. Um, but yeah, it's by then it'll be, you know, a good couple of drinks in and uh, needing the restroom a bit more often than, than earlier on, let's say. Um, so that, that's, that's tomorrow. Um, I doubt there's going to be any actual panels on tomorrow when it comes to Star Trek Day, because we are still in the middle of the writer's strike. So, um, if you can support the writers, you know, I will, uh, I think I did last time, put links in the, in the below. 
if you if you have the money to um you know the the writers are fighting and struggling to pay rent and all that and um not able to promote their shows that would help the show keep running to make sure they've got a job to come back to when they when they can so if you can help in any way even if it's just getting the word out please do get the word out um the other thing starting off tomorrow star trek day uh 2023 is a new season of short treks and they've called this season very short treks and it's all in the animated style so well it's all in animation so a lot of it is tas style that old um sort of 70s uh hanna barbera not really hanna barbera that old rubbish style um uh of of animation and some of it looks like it is in lower deck style or at least the lower deck characters jump into that universe um very explicitly the uh the small trailer we got said it wasn't canon um but it's it's six episodes or five episodes sorry starting tomorrow uh titles have been released as uh episode one skin a cat episode two holiday party um three worst contact four holograms all the way down and five walk don't run and we even got uh, some cast announcements. So we, we saw a couple in the trailer, but for a cast announcement as well, there was, I, I tried to order them in, in series order. So from TOS, we've got George Takei, Sulu. Um, from TNG, there's John Frakes. Um, there's Gates McFadden. And uh, yeah, I think that's it from TNG that got announced. From DS9, there's Armin Schumann. Um, from Voyager, there's Ethan Phillips. From Enterprise, there's Connor Trinan, or Trinir, sorry. Um, from Discovery, there's Doug Jones. From Strange New Worlds, there's Ethan Peck, Celia Rose Gooding, and Bruce Horrocks. Uh, so Hammer's back. We also saw him in the trailer. And from Lower Decks, um, they've only announced Tendi, but we saw the rest of the, the four Lower Deckers, the main uh, cast in the trailer so it's worth expecting them as well um no one from prodigy in it so it looks like it's a celebration of animation as long as it's 2d animation um but and you know maybe they're trying to forget about prodigy to some degree at the moment because they're not airing the second season on on uh, paramount plus so they say so far still um for the uh, astute uh, among you among us let's say uh, there's five episodes, but there's people from more than five series there. Um, I think it's, you know, the, there's the episode Holodex all the way down. Um, and we see in the trailer that the Lower Deckers are in um, what looks like the DS9 um, Hollow Suite. So we can imagine them in there. They also show up on the TOS, the animated TOS bridge. So expect that as a, a bit of a crossover as how um, a couple of them filter in there. Um, I can also imagine Ethan Phillips as uh, as Neelix looks like he's reading a story. So maybe he's reading a story to the kids of Voyager. Who knows? Um, but yeah, maybe we'll get some some more crossover there um, with, with DS9 folding into TNG. Um, I haven't seen so far, but hopefully they are using the guys over at Gazelle, uh, was it Gazelle Animation, who did um, TNG, um, the animated series. 
um, maybe last year or two years ago now, it might be, um, because they're people that, you know, really helped kick this off as a as a potential thing to do. And I think they've done Voyage at TAS as well. Um, so if you haven't seen those guys, but this sort of thing interests you, uh, go ahead and, and check out uh, Gazelle Animation because, yeah, I'll, I'll link here or, or there or wherever down below um, because, yeah, it, it's, it's fantastic stuff and definitely a labor of love. And I think those guys have put out how they did it and, and stuff like that. So um, hopefully the uh, guys over at Paramount haven't just gone, well, that's a fantastic idea. Why don't we take that for ourselves? <laughs> um, because, you know, I suppose they've got the right to, but it doesn't feel right that they should be able to. Um, but as far as I'm aware, they're the uh, big news stories since since we've been gone. Um, you know, it was a couple of weeks. Uh, we were... In the run-up to um, a burp, so there was uh, we, myself and or Ethan and I didn't want to particularly schedule anything when it was uh, coming up to the burp of Sprog, um, but it, it's oh, we we look forward to um, um, Ethan's partner and Sprog being separated, which uh, can bring me. In, in the masterful link I am doing um, to talking about the episodes for this week, kicking off with um, Load X, Season 4, Episode 1, 2 Vix, spelled like the uh, number 2 Vix. And um, I'll do a slight bit of non-spoilers up, up front as, as normal and go into the normal episode that's obviously going to be shorter with just me. Um, you'll only get one person's opinion today, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, uh, really solid start to the season. Um, going by title alone, I, I don't think you're too shocked if uh, I say it's a bit heavy on Voyager references. So you'll probably benefit if you've got a passing knowledge of Voyager, obviously. Um, especially when it comes to um, the episode Tubix, um, spelled just T-U-B-I-X rather than the number two, um, as well as a couple of other ones. Um, in the trailer, there was the macro virus, um, which I think is the episode title is Macrocosm, um, I believe. So that those two episodes would be uh, great for you if you haven't seen them or haven't seen them recently, um, to maybe check those out. But the, there's littered all over the episode there's easter eggs for, for all voyager so it's definitely a um an episode made for voyager fans uh, very much like um the opener of season three i think it was was the first contact episode so in the same way that uh, that episode showed a, a lot of reference um or uh deference i should say to um first contact and, you know, obviously made by people who love that movie. Um, this episode felt very much to me like um, the same, but for, for Voyager. Um, so, yeah, it definitely definitely worth a watch. And, and um, skipping ahead slightly, probably uh, the better of the two episodes, I would say. But I'll, I'll not harp on about non-spoilers for too long, let's say. Um I'll go into the uh, the story as a whole. 
And uh, this is always the hardest part, even even when I'm man alone. So uh, spoilers from here on out. It's coming up to promotion time, and Boimler hears from Ransom that as long as he doesn't mess up the day, he's a shoo-in for promotion. And on this day, Cerritos is tasked with escorting the USS Voyager, now fitted out as a museum ship, to Earth. Trouble finds the Cerritos when a petal from the plant that's helped Tuvox and Neelix um, merge into Tuvix lands in the transporter room and merges Phillips, the uh, head of engineering, and Dr. Tahan, the uh, chief of medical, into a new being, Tillips. Um, Captain Freeman looks through some of Janeway's logs on how she dealt with uh, Tubix, and with some conversation on how she just murdered <laughs> that creature, um, uh, she decides that they're not in the Delta Quadrant. She doesn't have to treat it like um, that sort of thing. She can go to Starfleet and seek a more ethical solution to that problem. Unfortunately, Tillips um, thinks that they're going to kill um, him, them, um, and goes on a streak of knocking people out and merging them together. So they'll join him in not wanting him, them, not wanting to be separated. Uh, Tendi and the new Falcon Science Ensign, Talin, uh, work on splitting people up when the rest of the crew gets too mixed into one big blob. In part, um, and in part they solve the issue because Tendi knows the crew's personalities. Um, that That's, I suppose, the A story. Um, the B story, meanwhile, on Voyager, Boimler's head isn't in the game um, because of the promotion. Um, and the macrovirus from uh, the episode, I do think it's macrocosm, um, is released and starts replicating. Uh, they're all immune to it, so it's just trying to stop it. Uh, it interferes with a Borg alcove and turns nanoprobes into macro nanoprobes that take over all parts of the exhibit ship and, and the ship as a whole. When all the other crew members are trapped, Boimler tries to free Mariner because he thinks he isn't up for it or the promotion, up for saving the ship or the promotion. Mariner tells Boimler she's the one who put him up for the promotion and gives him the confidence to do it without her. Uh, him and Rubford use Neelix's cheese from... Um... Uh, it'll come to me. They use Neelix's cheese from whatever Voyager episode that is to um, shut down the ship and take back over. Um, at the promotion ceremony at the end, um, Boiler, Tendi, and um, Mariner are all promoted to um, Lieutenant Junior Grade, and Talin is promoted to Provisional Ensign. Um, Mariner doesn't want the promotion. Um, but Ransom isn't going to let her get demoted again. Um, she's quite broken up about it, but then towards the end of the episode, um, Boiler point, points out that Lieutenant Junior Grade, you know, it's not like they all become captains or, or full lieutenants or anything like that. They're still the least important mid-level mid officers on the ship. So that, that's how our um, first episode ends really there's something after the um after that but I'll, I'll talk about it when it comes to the second episode um 
So overall, as the as the episode, I I quite liked it. You know, it's obviously as I say heavy on the on the Voyager episodes, and you know it feels it feels gives it a fair bit of reference reverence the uh, Voyager as a whole. Um, but beyond that, I think the characters were used uh, pretty well. It's it's obviously an A plot A B plot thing, but the ships literally separate and go off. Um, and normally, I, I I don't like um, Tendi and Rutherford being split off because it feels like they don't know how to write them into an A plot. Um, but re- really, I suppose the episode is named Tuvix. Um, they are the A plots, or um, Tendi is some. Uh, certainly, um, they're they're also you know full stories in themselves. The A and B, um, you know, they could easily be episodes. You know, if if they were, if the writers wanted to split them off into episodes, they could easily be uh, episodes in themselves. They just have to write the the other half of the team into them. Um, I I didn't think it was the funniest episodes of uh, Lower Decks that we've ever had. I can't remember laughing out loud at anything. Um, what what I thought were the funnier sides of it wasn't particularly the references and, and stuff like that. It was the characters uh, or the character beats in there um, that relate to our lower decks characters. So um, Boimler uh, tapping the head of Mariner um, as as she's um, you know um, glued to the wall by the macro virus um thing and uh them acknowledging it was weird as um you know probably all of us were, were thinking that it was pretty weird and the shacks talking to um to Ellips, um asking um her him they how much um of of their physical relationship uh they can remember um so so it's that you know interpersonal stuff that i think is it's funnier in Lower Decks overall rather than the references. Obviously, the show gets bye-bye references, but it's it's the characters that you know, you end up liking more more than the reference itself, hopefully. Um, that being said, uh, I'd be lying if I if I said I didn't have a big old uh, grin on my face anytime Voyager was on screen itself. You know, we get absolutely amazing visuals of the outside of it. Uh, it's um you know obviously i think we've seen a intrepid class ship in picard um in a couple of the episodes um but we we haven't really seen one you know picard turns lights down on everything and, and most live action track as you see when uh the strange new world crossover um you know the ship much looks much brighter in the light in that opening title sequence compared to uh, when it does in, in normal Strange New Worlds. So it's great being able to see the ship again, uh, God forbid. <laughs> um, there's also, you know, we get a, a good tour around it. You know, it would be very easy to just do, um, uh, you know, a corridor and uh, the bridge and stuff like that. But we get the bridge, the mess, um, transporter room, um, uh the um the doctors um you know the Borg room sick bay you know we we get a, a fair amount of um uh the the ship itself i i should say you know that's that's most of the sets that voyager really used wasn't it and um 
you know, although we like to think it's it's free in animation, someone's got to draw those um, backgrounds, and especially when it's something that exists before, you've got to try and be faithful, um, like the Fat Man Scoop song. So it's it, it's it's more difficult doing that when there's an existing property where there's going to be uh, horrendous nerds like ourselves uh, nitpicking something that's in the background that shouldn't be there, or scales are off, or or anything like that. So it, I, I thought there were um, pretty good recreations of all that. Um, we also got the, it's obviously an Easter egg heavy episode. Um, probably the ones that stood out most were, you know, there's the, uh, one, in, one of the exhibits is the lizards that uh, Janeway in Paris turned into, um, evolved into in um, the episode Threshold. Um, so we, we get that. We get uh, Dr. Chaotica um, from, you know, the Bride of Chaotica and all, all those um, holodeck episodes. Um, we get the clown um, from the episode The Clown, um, uh, played by the guy from um, Medical Soul and um, Short Circuit 2 <laughs> and um, Married to a Nato Tool, played Perry White in Smallville. That guy. Um who I can't remember the name of. Um, there's also the handsome Irish guy from Fairhaven, um, Michael O'Sullivan, um, who you know talks about his wife um, being gone and how he's looking for love and and all that. Um, so it, it's I think the the Easter eggs went overdone. Um, you know, in the episode they say, oh, it's all Voyager's deep cuts. I don't think it's deep cuts of, of Voyager. You know, you could do uh, a lot deeper cuts and um, maybe they were in the background and uh, I was just too distracted writing notes um, you know, on the second watch or the like um, or too sleepy in the morning. Who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll read an article or read um, yeah, something in the, in the end about it. Um while I'm on the Easter eggs, uh, season four, every season of, of Lower Decks has added something to the opening credit sequence in the battle between, you know, the Borg cubes, then it was Borg and Romulans, then it was Borg, Romulan, Klingons, and a crystalline entity. Um, now they've added a whale probe and what looks like to me, and I'm, I'm more than happy to be um, corrected on it, but uh, I think it's Breen. Um, ships that, that fly in from camera attacking the Klingons. Um, you know, more, more than happy to be corrected there. Um, you know, you you wonder what that part of the opening title sequence is going to look like in a couple of seasons' time. It's going to be um, uh, pretty insane. You know, uh, I, I couldn't even suggest things for them to bring to bring in um, a Romulan supernova, probably since it's it's coming up to that sort of time in the timeline, I suppose. Um, uh, let's see what well, else we got in the notes. Um, other than that, we get a great introduction to the new lower decker, uh, Talin, who, who's um, very close to the to the heart of the message that um, for me. Um, she's trying to get reinstated. We we you know we were introduced to her, I suppose, when she was part of the um, Romulan fleet, uh, Vulcan fleets. Um, uh, in season two or three, and she got kicked out because of her actions there being, for them, too impulsive. 
Um, but she, you know, she'll fit in, I suppose, impulsive into our into our lower deck crew. Um, if Ethan were here, um, and I was considering doing a puppet of Ethan, but you know, didn't have the time, or just grabbing clicks, clips of him saying yes and no, uh, and inserting them in. Um, but we'd never be able to do uh, this next section, which would be, you know, we, we'd probably talk about the accuracy of uh, two Vix as a whole. So I, I know very firmly where I stand on on the uh, two Vix debate, and you know, throw in where you stand below, please. Um, what one day I'd, I'd when I can be bobbed, and when I can find people that can be bobbed, I'd love to do a. Uh, kind of Star Trek courtroom, um, set it up like a courtroom episode with the case four and the case four uh, against Jane White um, when it comes to, um, you know, her actions in, in that episode. Um, you know, and uh, as I said at the, at the start of the episode, it, it's all about splitting um, two, well, brackets three, if you include the petal, uh, life forms apart and... Um, you know, uh, as I say, we, we look forward to um, Ethan's partner doing the same. I'm, I'm sure they do as well. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm sure a transporter would definitely help in, in that situation. Um, uh, I, I probably would have liked, uh, or it would have been interesting, you know, we're in the Alpha Quadrants. Um, another ending of, of the show, if, if I was in the writer's room, I, I might have suggested was... You know, we, we know of a planet uh, that has unique um, geography or unique atmosphere and the like that you can effectively clone people with a transporter. Um, the uh, TNG episode, whatever it is, um, the Thomas Riker episode, um, I probably would have um, wrote in them, them traveling there dropping off the uh, big amalgam creature, a, a copy of that, and then splitting um, the blob up in transport into the, the constituent parts. Uh, but I, I'm, you know, satisfied enough with the ending. You know, not everything has to be exactly like um, I would, I would uh, think it was going to go. Um, so uh, the last thing I have then is the message of the episode. So there's, you know, the believing in yourself episode message that I think is 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 Boimler's message. Um, I, I think that's okay. I, I don't think it's, you know, it's not the one that um, I thought that was the strongest. I thought the strongest came through um, Tendi and Tillin. Um, so uh, Tendi, we're, we're splitting up the um, the big blob creature. Um, Talyn can't do it because, you know, and earlier in the episode we see them um, in in their version of Ten Forward in the restaurant, and Talyn is is saying about how you know she's pretty much saying she's not there to make friends or doesn't know anyone and the like. And when it comes to splitting the people up, it's uh, Tendi's knowledge of um, the crew that helps her helps us separate them all, you know, by knowing their personalities. So I think it's um, it's it's a strong one for uh, teaching um, to Lynn and, you know, uh, maybe ourselves to 
you know, get to know your coworkers because one day you might have to split them up from being a big blob. Um, so that that's that's what what I took from from the episode, um, as well as you know, believing yourself stuff. Um, but yeah, re- really really solid episode. Uh, I thought. Um, and then we had, uh, surprisingly for me, I, I thought it was going to be one episode today. We had the second episode, which was "I Have No Bones Yet I Must Flee," which is a very um, TOS style named episode, I suppose. We drink. Um, I, I'm not as keen on this episode. I still think it's a good one, um, but it, it's it's too rigidly A plot, B plot, C plot without. Um, those plots really interacting um that i think i i I, if there's an a plot and the b plot and tng used to do this wonderfully um you know they they can separate and by the end of the episode they're together and maybe for the end of the episode they join up so um oh um data's off painting and is learning about his um ability to uh uh, you know, come up with solutions or whatever, and the ship is doing this, and it, and it's uh, when it all comes to a head, it's Data's ability to um, uh, be intuitive and do whatever that that helps save the day. Um, Lodex sometimes, and this episode uh, very much so, can't do that joining together of of um, the A, the B, the, and the, this episode the C. Um, if there are vastly separated um and and certainly the c plot which you don't expect it to do can't hold an episode it's barely in this episode it's only there to get um one of the main um cast members saying anything um in my opinion um so yeah i i think i would have uh you know i i know it's hard to strip out and and take away an episode from a cast member because they're getting paid anyway so you want to have them included, but I probably would have stripped out the C plot um, altogether. Really, have, have that have it be a B plot in a different episode rather than um, taking up little time. You know, pad it out, make it bigger, make it funnier, make the other people doing the same piece, um, and and you know, make something of it rather than it just being a, a bit of a pad or something to go back to and take time away from the A and B. But that's enough for non-spoilers of that one. Um, now, what what's the story of the episode? Um, now that Boimler and Tendi are promoted, they are packing up their bunks and getting ready to move to quarters. Um, Mariner, despite being promoted, thinks she overheard Ransom talking about getting her demoted straight away just to mess with her. So she's decided to take fate into her own hands, control her destiny, and get herself demoted. So the A plot is Ransom Mariner and a random ensign called Gary are headed to an alien menagerie to free some humans that were accidentally scooped up. Mariner is acting up but isn't getting a rise from um, Ransom. In the menagerie, a cute-looking alien, the Moopsie, gets free and starts attacking them, drinking the uh, drinking bones of the other exhibits and the curator's bones. Ransom and Mariner have it out, and he tells her that she overheard wrong, and he's not going to drill her out. 
he's just not going to fall for um, her trying to get demoted like she always does. He still supports her no matter what um, and how hard she makes it to support him. They work together with Ratsub asking Mariner to knock out his teeth to lure the Moopsie back to its cage. Um, and they, they save the day that way. Um, meanwhile, in the B plot, Tendi's sad that Rutherford didn't get a promotion, so you know they're going to be moving away from each other. So he says he'll get a promotion that day um, so they can be close. Rutherford does a good number of things, like improving the efficiency of the engines and stuff like that by 0.05%, trying to get a um, promotion. But he keeps being beaten by an Ensign Livick, um, who's, who's increasing efficiencies slightly more and the like. Um, kicking off a, a rivalry between the two. Um, we found out Rutherford has turned down promotions in the past so he can stay close to Tendi. Um, Tendi gets Rutherford his promotion by simply asking Billups for it, um, you know, saying, can he have it for this thing he's done in the past? And he gets it. Woohoo! Um, meanwhile, in the C-plot, Boimler's trying to get a new room to stay in. At first, he gets a room right next to a nacelle, which is blinding him. Um, then he gets a room between two holodecks, which isn't soundproof, so he just hears people, you know, messing around and, and having uh, sex and stuff like that. Um, then he tries to sleep in a Jeffrey's tube and can't. So he decides to bunk with Rutherford, so they get a better room. Uh, this better room is still overlooking the nacelles, but Rutherford just turns on the filters in the windows to make it natural lighting. So yeah, that, that's kind of the... the a, the B, the C, um, plot in there. Um, you know, I, I think somewhere better than others, obviously. Um, it, it's almost almost in the order, A, B, C, of, of which ones they work um, better. Um, when I say that the stories should probably, or for me, would work better if they interlinked a bit more. You know, if, if you've got Rufford at the end and it takes away from a bit of the message of the episode, I suppose... Um, you know, he's he's trying to get a promotion. Um, the station, the menagerie station, is crashing into orbit. You know, uh, they're in engineering. The the whole Cerritos ship does nothing about the station crashing into orbit. Um, you know, you don't have to save the station. You don't want to take that urgency away from Mariner. But you could probably. You know, oh, we can we can hold it up for some time, but not too long. You know, do do something like that to make stories intertwine a bit more, just a, a tiny bit more is all I'm asking for, really. Um, you know, even have Livic do it, um, and and that's the thing that you know, and Livic the um, promotion before Rufford just asks for it. Um, either way, that you know the. Character stuff in the episode is still good. Um, Tendi and Rutherford in particular. I, I I do really like them as a pair. Um, I'm one of the people that kind of half ships them, but also loves them just being you know, pure um, friends, I suppose. Um, you know, I love how they praise people behind their back. Um, you know, they're working their arse off or turning down promotions to stay next to each other. Um, Tendi ordering him to... Um, cheer up because they're still going to do stuff together. Um, you know, it, it's it's really pure. Love them both. Um, you know, the the kind of people that you know you wish could be um, friends with as well. 
So all the kind of um, people on the crew that, you know, if you were on the ship, you'd be friends with or track. Um, the ransom mariner stuff um, works for me, um, maybe slightly less. Uh, I think um, mariner can be a bit like Marmite uh, when it comes to uh, how she uh, acts up. And obviously this is an episode about her acting up um, to, to avoid the promotion. Um, you know, have, having, but having a, a bridge officer still promote her or, or still back her through that for seeing uh, the potential of her last week when, you know, oh, I saw you bring out the best in Boimler. Um, so that's why I'm promoting you and I'm just going to work for it because um, those other officers who didn't support you weren't any good at their job. But look at me, I'm ransom. I'm going to, I'm going to support you well. Um, I, I still think that's pretty, pretty wholesome in there. Um, I'd be very surprised if uh, you have to wait or we have to wait at all um, very long until we see a moopsie um, toy, a little stuffed toy online, a little fan creation, because, you know, that little vaguely Pokemon bastard is, is cute as hell, I suppose. Um, you know, pretty, pretty adorable um, thing. Um as you know, you can probably guess the, the story worked for me least was uh, Boimler finding a room. Uh, you know, I had two vaguely sensible chuckles about it, and that was mainly reference stuff, you know, where he's got the mirror archer doll, which maybe people will say it, it doesn't make sense because how would they know about mirror archer and whatever? Well, they could know about mirror archer when um, Kirk went to the mirror and read the logs on it. So there you go, um, problem solved. And when he puts on the Medusan glasses from TOS, so he isn't blinded by the nacelle. Um, but, you know, that that was kind of it for it in that story. Um, I think there's going to be a couple of angry nerds who try and find fault with um, sound leakage in the, the holodecks and the like. Um, and, and for those angry nerds, I, I point to Voyager multiple times. Um Harry Kim was told not to play his clarinet because the sound went out the room and his his neighbours, again, fairly lower decks, didn't like him for it. Um, and um, Balana and Tom Paris, um, the um, sexy sounds were picked up by Seven and she wrote about it saying the whole of the deck could hear them. So, yeah, sound leaks. You know, the, the holes, although it is, you know, magic space stuff, sound still goes through or whatever um so yeah uh i i didn't know about what what sort of placement in the ship boimler's room is supposed to be um when it when it comes to that because you know what what's what room is overlooking the nacelle like his is supposed to god only knows um but yeah i, I don't care that much really um other than that, references I liked in the episode were the Tucker tubes. So if you don't know, um, that prop that that you know animation looks like is pretty much used in every Star Trek and outside of Star Trek. So um, here's here's a clip now um, of it being used in Airplane Two, Airplane Two Thousand, whatever it was called, um, the one with Shatner in it. 
Um, but it's it's used in so many sci-fi's, and you know, is is around there doing something in there. Um, and another reference I liked was the Bev and Troy's workout garb um, that Shaxx and um, Ransom are wearing at the start. Uh, if if I had a message for the episode, uh, I suppose it would be believing in yourself again, um, believing you're worth something. Um, and if you're worth something, ask for that something or ask for the reward. So, um, you know, that, that's very clear on me. Uh, Rutherford goes, you know, oh, if, if I'm worth it, I can just ask for it or, you know. Um, so, yeah, do that, do that in your in our own jobs, you know, if, if you're think your work promotion or a rise, you know, let, let's look at all the, uh, the writers out there, you know, especially if you're union, um, at the moment, if you're worth something, you should be, uh, looking out there and trying to get it. Um, and if you're union and you should be union, if you've got the opportunity, uh, it gives you that bargaining power to, you know, try and push for those, uh, higher wages. Um, so yeah. A lesson that even Paramount could learn. Who who would have guessed? Um, we we do have something that is in episode one, the end of episode one, and the start of episode two. Um, so a stinger there and and a um, scene at the start, which helps set up the the overall overarching season villain. It looks like. Um, so, end of the first episode, some Klingons are Klingon lower deckers really. Are talking about literally uh, stabbing each other in the back, and you know how a Klingon, Klingon captain, um, how he forgets his friends, and how they, you know, it, it's almost, um, you know, the start of mutiny conversation really. Um, when a mysterious ship arrives, disables all their systems, and destroys them in one blast. Um, then the opening of episode two, a very similar thing happens. We have a it's not a Romulan warbird. It's one of those ones that, you know, it's a warbird, but on its side, but the, uh, you know, command deck, the nose isn't. Um, I'm sure I'll find a name for that uh, ship at some point. Um, but the same thing happens then. And it's it's two Romulan crew members who are um, talking about stabbing the captain in the back. Uh, less literally, it's more about, you know, being shifty in Romulan and, um, you know, uh, you know, trying to mutiny in that way. Um, and again, this mysterious ship rolls up. It uh, tilts up, knocks out their systems and destroys them in one. So it looks it looks very, um, again, it's mysterious. Who knows what it could be? Um, uh, and to me, it's... Um, it reminds me very much, and it's it's good. It's in the opening credits now of the whale probe. So there's the whale probe, obviously there, and what it does you know, arrives, goes, um, knocks out a ship and potentially kills the ship. Um, you know, especially if you're the Yorktown or whatever, where all the bodies get scooped out um, and then delivered. You know, it gets resprayed as the Enterprise. So it, it, it feels very much like that where it's not it's not necessarily on a mission, let's say. It, it's 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 something that's using this all powerful weapon that can just destroy, wipe anyone out, 
Um, so it's kind of fitting that it's it's Lodex season four, which has kind of mirrored the um, uh, the TOS movies. So this would be the uh, Voyage Home, I guess. Yes, would be the Voyage Home. So it would be um, Space Probe time. So yeah, that, that's uh, a look into the future of the, this season as well. Um, uh, I don't think I have any other notes. Um, hopefully, we might find um, my co-captain of this ship arrives. Um, we, we wish him, them, um, a, a very speedy, healthy, quick birth. Um, we hope uh, the peanuts, the sprouts, the sprog, um, you know, is happy, healthy, um, and if Ethan is around in the in the coming weeks to join me for these sort of recaps, then uh, great stuff. If not, uh, you might have to deal with me for a bit longer. Um, pull pull yourselves. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, I will do what all usual youtubers ask you to do uh like subscribe um if you're listening to the podcast version of it rate it um follows on socials although i haven't been posting on x because it's x and uh, my instagram uh, is is Ethan. um but yeah follow follow all the socials and the, and and all that as as much as you can and with that it's just time for for a man alone to say, uh, peace and long life, double dumbasses.